thanks very much for tuning into this week's edition of Huddles and Stout. So obviously we've had week one. We're going to kind of touch a bit on week one and then we're also going to preview week two. I'll get to the new show structure in a, in a moment, but without much further ado, Rocky, how are you? How's things? Sasquatch, hello. How are we doing? What a week one that was. It was, yeah. No, it was uh, plenty of upsets, plenty of talking points and just a whole lot to get through. I don't know if we can justify week one in the hour and 10 minutes or however long we run tonight but yeah no blockbuster week one anyway insane um, yeah it was brilliant um i suppose anyone who listened to last week we went through the week one previews and we kind of we did kind of start discussing that in the show and then we carried on thereafter and we're like not sure if we can sit here and just go through game by game and keep it interesting and fresh so we're going to devise a new kind of schedule so we're kind of going to have a few different segments each week um, if they don't work we might change them but I suppose kicking off we'll just go around the ground we'll just go through all the scores from the previous week we then have a new segment called Five and Goal in which both Rocky and myself will bring five individual talking points from the week that's been we'll quickly do the week ahead previews so week two previews and then we have a new segment at the end that Rocky's keeping very close to his, his chest but it is punter on the field and that is a slight gambling tip for the weekend. Obviously, we accept no losses. Uh, we expect no responsibility for listener losses. Uh, and obviously, when the fun stops, stop. But uh, we just said we throw it in for a bit of fun at the end. Does that sound all good to you, Rocky? If I, if I, if I missed that out? No, I think you uh, you succinctly and profoundly uh, described everything we're going to do here this evening. Perfect, perfect. So I suppose, without much further ado... Around the ground from last weekend, um, obviously we kicked the season off. Bills 31 at the Rams, 10. Saints 27, Falcons 26, an epic comeback there from the Saints. Browns 26, Panthers 24. Panthers found new ways to throw it away. First shock result of the weekend, 49ers 10, Bears 19. Um, it got wild and wacky thereafter. Obviously finished up Steelers 23, Bengals 20. Eagles 38, Lions 35. Colts, Texans, we've had our first draw, 2020. Patriots were shellacked um, in the Hard Rock Stadium. Um, obviously, Dolphins coming up victors there, 20 points to 7. As expected, the Ravens overcame the Jets, 24 points to 9. The Doug Peterson era didn't get off to the best start as he was overcome by a Carson Wentz-led Commanders, 28 points to 22. Second shock of the round, Giants, 21, Titans, 20. We also had a pretty epic performance by the Chiefs. They overcame the Cardinals 44 points to 21. In a divisional matchup, the Chargers overcame the Raiders 24 points to 19. Vikings in America's Game of the Week overcame the Packers 23 points to 7. In a disappointing first Sunday night football of the season, I suppose the Buccaneers overcame the Cowboys 19 points to 3. And the final shock came in the early hours last night as the Broncos fell victim. And Russ's return, that was. 16 points to 17. Is it Gino or is it Russ at quarterback? Um, yeah, like a wild and wacky weekend. Um, I think Jets and the Cowboys, only team not to... Well, Jets, Cowboys and Patriots, only teams not to break 10 points. Um, but Packers as well, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of points scored for a week well. one. Yeah. A lot of points. Um, there was, particularly in the second half of the games, it really ramped up. Um, I know we'll sort of discuss them a bit more in depth, but yeah, I think there's also a couple of 
week one's always full of these surprises. Yeah. The likes of the of uh, Green Bay, it, the same thing happened last year. I don't think we're going to see Green Green Bay fall off a cliff. I think we'll see them get back to normality going forward. Okay, but where's the production going to come from? And that's kind of that's my kind of key well, concern. I don't know. But the first play of the game was a a, a deep pass to Christian Watson that landed a few feet in front of him that easily could have been a pr- touchdown and that would have doubled the score the final score that the Packers were able to put on the board I think the production will come if the issue is that it's their young receivers Christian Watson Romeo Dubs I think it will they will click eventually and I'm not saying next week will be a stellar performance it could take a few weeks but I, I think they'll get there yeah yeah, I suppose without spending too much time on the Packers, we're kicking on now. So for the first time on the show, five and goal. As I mentioned earlier, it's kind of just five talking points from each of us to discuss through over the week that's been. So without much yeah, further ado, this is where we um, where we emulate Shannon and Skip. And we're going to be shouting at each other. You can be skip. Scripted arguments and fights. You can be skip. Uh, uh, I'll be, you could. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't do Shannon. I have, this, I have the charisma of Shannon to be, but now we're joking. Um, neither of us are. We're the last question, Rocky, okay? We're totally different. Um, yes, yeah, so it was the first key talking point, and go back to obviously Thursday night football. If you can remember back that far, there's been that much that happened. So, Buffalo opened the season with an emphatic road victory. Does that victory catapult them to the team to beat this season or is there someone with a more impressive opening date because there's been lots of hype about Buffalo in the off season could it potentially be their year I think yeah I think Buffalo were the favourites coming into the season I think they handily put away the Super Bowl favourite or from the NFC any uh, anyway although maybe the Tampa Bay uh, better odds um, but they were the defending champion they were handily put away the Bills look to be the scariest team mm. um, and I don't envy any AFC team absolutely not um, I suppose I, I should have led with the disclaimer obviously given it's the week one five and goal there's, there's a high probability of some overreaction here um, <laughs> so some takes that will age we'll try and stay measured and and level-headed but it's week one so you'll you'll forgive us for overreacting yeah it comes with a trigger warning for the fans out there yeah no i just really like i think buffalo have now where you could have maybe blamed them in seasons gone by of only having maybe that one threat and in digs they seem to have added more complementary pieces to just for alleviate maybe the the pressure or the the onus on, on, on Josh to be the guy. If that makes sense? I don't know if it's... Yeah. No, I think so. Uh, Gabriel Davis, who last year was the odd deep threat, now looks to be a reliable target. Dawson Ox had a good year last year. He got his, his big extension at the start, or just a couple of weeks ago. He should continue to be a touchdown machine for Josh Allen. Obviously, Stefan Diggs, one of the savviest right runners in the NFL. Um, the running game, I suppose they don't have a clear-cut 
running back one. Zach, Matt, Zach Moss looked okay. Um, James Cook fumbled on his first rep. Um, He's a rookie but, running back, though. Yeah. Saying that again, uh, I think, was it Zeke who fumbled on his first snap of his rookie season where he was the offensive rookie of the year? Or was that? No, that was Dak. Maybe it wasn't Zeke. But look, it's the first game, the first snap for, for James Cook. Even he could emerge into a very reliable running back for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Particularly when he's not going to be he's not going to be relied upon like a run-heavier team. And that's fair. Um, yeah, look, not much more to add, I suppose. They, the Bills are who we thought they were. The Rams, I wouldn't be concerned, given mm-hmm. it's week one. Um, but yeah, definitely an interesting... No. Or the, I suppose the lack of parity was interesting in week one. Um, from those two sides. Ring ceremony and all that. Yeah, LA. but it's... Like... I know the the Super Bowl hangover is such an intangible, unquantifiable thing, but it just seems to exist. It just it's mental when you consider in other sports there's a far less recovery time. So February to September, you're you're looking at seven months. You've seven months to get over it. Um, should it really take that long to get over it? Like like it's not like a. A Premier League, especially in a condensed season this year, where you finish in May and you're back in August, you can kind of almost comprehend that. You leave a finite window to like take your players out, rest them up, and get them back, and then you also have international football and stuff. But when you look at like from an NFL specific perspective, seven months to not be able to get over a win, it's it's strange. And you like you'd, yeah. you'd argue to the contrary that it should be more of a detrimental effect to the sides that don't make the playoffs because their season ends in January. So they're eight months without football. And that should be kind of almost a rust effect. Um, never really bought into this Super Bowl hangover, to be fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, so we'll move on move to on. Um, the next talking point. That was a brilliant win for Pittsburgh on Sunday. It was wild and wacky, but brilliant. Is there a legitimate chance that Tomlin can make them into a playoff team and go on a deep playoff run? Mm. They knocked off the the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals, with an overtime field goal. TJ Watt looks as if he's suffered a pectoral strain at best, possibly a torn pectoral. Yeah. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. Anyway, at at, at the least. At the least. Um. Um. Very possibly season ending, and that one player alone is monumental for Pittsburgh. It's he's the identity of their defense. They've Minka Fitzpatrick and he might be among the top safeties in the league, but TJ Watt is different custard. Um to be fair. Yeah, look, yeah. I spoke I, I spoke I'd, I'd always speak quite highly of of Mike Tomlin. I do think he's an often underappreciated, incredibly talented coach. In the NFL, um, I think that victory was shrouded in, in defensive effort. Um, I don't think it's it's a case of Mitch Trubisky put the side in his back. Now he didn't have a bad game, and he did tr- have some throws where I was like, okay, um, I'm not necessarily yeah. sure I saw that in Chicago. Um, 
But you know, he had some nice throws. Do I count against Mike Tomlin? Never. Um, I suppose there's a couple of th- fa- factors here. Obviously, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, well, he did look good. And he did look almost Joe-like. He just wasn't quite Joe-like. I think that injury from the off-season may still be hampering him somewhat. Now, I don't, I'm not saying like he was way off the pace. I'm saying he's maybe 80 to 85% of what he is. Yes, what I think, I think he'll make his recovery. It's startling that he threw five interceptions and it still came down to an overtime field goal. And a missed field goal. Like the, the, the missed field goals and stuff like that. Yeah. There's two of them, obviously. There was the playoff touchdown and there was the field goal. Both of which are long snapper issues. They're not really, to be fair to Evan McPherson, they, they were poor snaps and it threw everything out of sync. Yeah. That's an issue that's solved by cutting someone on a Sunday and signing someone on a Monday and kind of given the cutthroat nature of the NFL I, I would imagine it's not going to be an issue as the season progresses but uh, no no like they I wouldn't think so and look say what you want about the man say he's not 85% of what he is right, uh, just right now or, or last week anyway that throw given everything that went on in that game to chase last play of the game like that that's clutch like and that's you can't buy that you can't train for that that's it's wins in tough situations and he, he's shown it throughout his young career that he is exceptionally clutch I think when we previewed the season I want to point out that I picked Pittsburgh to win that game by the way Fair. but we did say that Burrow and Chase um, will always give it as as what as long as they're together, they'll give Cincinnati a chance to win any game. Fair. And I think I think that rings true. I suppose just a couple of things. The the question was whether Pittsburgh can go on this playoff run. Just another con- couple of concerns I had is Najee Harris is injured his foot, possible re aggravated his Liz Frank injury of the mm. preseason. That could the backup running backs for Pittsburgh um are the, the rookie Jalen Warren and then Benny Snell two pretty unenviable backups um, yeah Mitch Trubisky didn't have a great game he didn't have a bad game but it wasn't great and the the biggest issue I have with the idea of Pittsburgh going on a playoff run is that they have the league's fourth hardest schedule um, last year three of the ten teams with the hardest strengths of schedules went over their projected win total. Now, Pittsburgh was one of those, but this year their win total is 7.5. So even if they beat the odds and go over that total, that's still not enough to go on a playoff run in the AFC. I know that's a lot of word vomit right there, but basically they have to beat the the odds... Hello and welcome to Fun With Numbers. To... (laughs) They have to beat the odds... To, to overachieve and even that overachievement will have to be significant to get them into the playoffs and to go on a deep playoff run yeah look, so I'll my quick my two cents I can see them making please. the playoffs but I can see them making the playoffs akin to last year and be bounced in the first round okay I can't see them making the playoffs but 
we both the question was can they go on a deep playoff run and i think we are both in agreement there mm-hmm. that that is unlikely yeah well yeah look as you spoke more i think about this the probably is three sides coming out of the afc west this season yeah, yeah now agree. last night posed some issues and some questions as to the validity of that statement but yeah actually yeah, i i said absolutely two i think is a is a deadlock mm. i don't know nathaniel hackett might be the biggest issue for him um, for denver Fair. um but denver aren't in the list of subjects to discuss so if it's all the same to you I, I might move on please let's move on okay so look there was no way we weren't going to talk about this um given the storylines leading into it but does the week one victory on the road for the Browns with Jacoby Brissett justify moving off Baker? Not bringing in Deshaun Watson, but moving off Baker. Hmm. I suppose as a football team, it probably does. If they got the win, I think they're their schedule over the next five games is relatively soft like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt nightmare for fantasy nightmare for fantasy Um, nightmare for fantasy a nightmare for any team they're going against Mm. Nick Chubb can beat you on the ground if you even if you're expecting him Kareem Hunt can do the same but he can catch passes too it was Kareem Hunt sorry uh, the, the, the year he won offensive rookie of the year he fumbled his first snap, same as James uh, Cook. Fair. Sorry. Um, but the two of them on the Browns team, yeah, just as long as they're there, they're scary as well. Mm. Brissett doesn't scare you, but they've got a good offensive line and they've got two of the best running backs. Scary. And a, and a decent above-league average defense as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think ultimately... And probably sadly, I suppose, for the general NFL fan and, and definitely the female fan, not just in Cleveland but around the league, I think it is going to prove to be good business when we look back on a whole in, say, two, three years' time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm just, yeah, I'm rooting against the Browns purely for what transpired. Ethical reasons. Right, um, I think we'll move on again. Mm. Perhaps best not to dwell there. Yeah. Right. So this this story or this discussion centers around the the Sunday night game, Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. Does Dak's injury eliminate the Cowboys from playoff contention this early on? Now you might be thinking it's a week one. Come on, there's sixteen more games to play. All right, Dak is is expected to miss six to eight weeks mm. okay all right i want you to um to count the win-loss record for the the first six games the six games he will almost definitely miss i want you to count the win-loss in your head versus cincinnati at the new york giants versus washington at the rams at philly versus detroit i have them going oh and six there with cooper rush at quarterback or will greer i <laughs> I can see them picking up a victory there. Um, 
I can see them. Of course, they, there's um, three division games. They could pick up one. Yeah, and look, but let's not I be think around if you're bus. looking on paper. Yeah, like, uh, and the thing is, what that got injured in what the fourth quarter? Correct me, I'm wrong. Yeah, and they'd score three points. So, how sure are we this side would have made the playoffs even with a healthy deck? I don't think the Buccaneers looked outrageously good. I know, like, it's Tom. He never did counter Tom. But it was week one. He's had a very disrupted offseason. He's retired. He's left for 11 days. He's had family issues. And still, they never looked overly laboured. So... No, the <sighs> Dallas red zone defence was good. Yeah. But there's 80 other yards on the pitch. Um... Yeah, the next two games um, versus Chicago at Green Bay. This is the six. This is week seven and eight of the injury where he might be back. So I've got a win and a loss there. Um, what were the games Chicago? And went? then even being optimistic, a win in Chicago and a loss at Green Bay. Yeah, you you tend to um, look. Dak could he could still be out. He could be back. I've I've split it. To be fair, now. Over the next, I think it's eight games when Dak should be back. And look, he wasn't good, as you say, for the first three quarters. I'm. This is me imagining 2021 Dak in these games. I have them going six and two for those eight weeks that he comes back. Their final record, I have them at eight and nine. That, that might be okay for a wild card. In the NFC East. In the NFC. In the NFC East. In the NFC, it might be okay for a wild card. I certainly not good enough, I don't think, to win the the the, uh, the division. And like I said, for me, that's the best case scenario for Dallas once that comes back. Um, but that's as well. That's given them some kind of generous wins. So, I'd be. It's a big blow for da- uh, for Dallas. Yeah, I'd be concerned. I'd be very concerned um, as a Cowboys fan. Just because, it, like, who are you going to lean on now? Like, it's not as if Zeke has been prime Zeke. Yeah, what do you do? Do you bring in a quarterback? If you don't, you're choosing between Cooper Rush, Will Greer, and you can probably, um, you can probably sign... Oh... Who did they have on the practice squad? He played for them, uh, started for them last year. Ben DiNucci. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Do you uh, trade for Jimmy G? I don't think it's likely. I don't think San Fran will. I think it kind of almost brings into our next point, but I'll I'll get to that. Hmm. Cam Newton? Yeah, I mean, like, he's a free agent. Um, He's worth the punt. Be a low value contract. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably call Jason Peters up from their practice squad. Oh. I'd imagine next week move um, Operation Trojan. Tyler's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. I think they're playing um, Cincinnati. So. Yeah. The next game. It's 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 a big blow for Dallas, I, and I don't like. I like. I, I like seeing Dallas do poorly, but I like to see them doing poorly at full strength. It's, <laughs> yeah, it gives it's an asterisk excuse. beside their big their season. Now the only thing I'd say is, it's, it's probably a good thing for for non Cowboys fans in that 
this will be the reason it's the way they struggle this season if they do struggle and that means they probably yeah. won't fix the issues ahead of next season because they'll be like oh well Dax back healthy kind of changes the narrative but it's like they could struggle but look it's very hard to talk on this and not be be speaking with the Eagles at art so we'll just move on yeah I think yeah we kind of covered every most aspects of it anyway Fair let's enough. move on so I suppose someone you mentioned up with Jimmy G and he's kind of imperative to this kind of next point I suppose but and look we did send out the trigger warning there's going to be some overreactions here but a bump in the road or should we be very concerned with Trey Lance struggles against Chicago yeah um, my I know we said we we I know we promised some week one overreaction I think I think we have to throw this game out though the weather was crazy mm. it was like a hurricane out there now uh, look Trey Lance didn't look good no. at all um, Debo Samuel there was a non-factor almost but I think it's the rain played a massive factor. And while I take that on board, I'm just saying this okay. g- this guy on some level has convinced you in the past year of not playing that what you had that was good enough to get you to a conference championship and a Super Bowl in the last three seasons is nothing compared to this guy. And that's where I'm like... No, I and I agree with you. They've put some amount of trust in this guy, and you'd want him to look better in those situations. It's a bit similar to the that wind game last year where Mac Jones threw four passes. I don't know what my point is here. I think Josh Allen looked bad. Josh Allen looked bad, and well, but you could see glimpses. But I, I didn't see any glimpses. Of course, of you yeah, you know what Josh Allen is. Yeah, we we don't know what Trey Lance is, and the only time we've seen him. It has been poor. Yeah. And like anything that's positive is like a TikTok video from training camp, which is like a 12 second clip in which anyone can do something spectacular in 12 seconds. I don't care who you are. Oh, yeah. Um, can do something. I, I could do something remotely spectacular in 12 seconds, let me tell you. I'd struggle. But I think you'd find, you'd find something you'd do. Like, Jesus. Do you know, like something in the office there, you throw a pen and it'd bounce off a desk and into a bin. You'd be like, jeez, that was some shot. Like something spectacular. Do you know what I mean? You could. <laughs> Tanya, you could. Yeah, yeah. I might carry like um, 12 bottles of Gatorade at once. Something like that. Yeah, or, or Powerade because we're Irish. Like, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just... I just yeah. There's been so much about this guy. The movement to, to move up and, and everyone thought they were going for Mac Jones. And do you know if Maybe harshly. Uh, I don't know if, if you'd agree with the sentiment, but on kind of record if they moved up and got Mac Jones he'd probably say okay fair enough like, I, I understand that he's probably not going to be a great quarterback in the NFL but he's at least league average and it's very hard to consider to like know the jump from good NFL quarterback to great NFL quarterback before he entered the league I don't care what anyone says it's just very hard to do that but I just haven't seen anything from Trey Lance have gone that makes sense and that's why I keep bringing him up maybe yeah no that's fair I think yeah you haven't seen anything to warrant those two first round picks mm. and and as you say saying that makes sense yeah. it's a huge price to pay for no apparent like dividends there's, there's been nothing 
from him. That's the thing. Yeah, the, 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 the apparent thing is is the the reason I'm struggling to make see it make sense, and that's you hit the nail on the head there. To be fair, we'll keep right, an eye. Have we... We'll keep an eye as the season yeah. progresses. I don't think we're quite ready to pull the ripcord, no. but we're our our hand is is raising. It's inching up towards it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll put it as as a bump in the road but potentially you felt the bump because the tyres are trash there's a good bit of continuity we mentioned Jimmy G in the last discussion and in this discussion we mentioned Debo Samuel and he comes into the next one Um, the next discussion being is the performance against the New York Giants an indication as to whether the Titans should have retained their wide, rec- uh, wide receiver core this offseason. The uh, retaining their wide receiver core off uh, obviously refers to releasing Julio Jones and trading AJ Brown for a first and third round pick during the, the draft. AJ Brown had a stellar debut with the Eagles, 10 catches for 155 yards. Um, Julio had three targets for 69 yards. Nice. Debut with the Bucks. There's um, a lot of continuity in these. I'm looking ahead to the next one. I'm thinking. This guy's playing. This, this guy. This guy's building a story here. He's building um, a plot. So, the two of these guys, AJ Brown and Julio, together combined, their yards were, were the equivalent of eighty-four percent of the Titans' overall yards. Now, obviously, that's what a wide receiver one does. That he eats up most of the yardage off any of the teams. But why didn't Tennessee sign? Why didn't they retain AJ? Um, and sign them to this contract when Seattle signed DK Metcalf, San Fran signed Debo Samuel, and Washington signed Scary Terry. Now, AJ Brown had the biggest contract out of all of them four years, uh, 100 million, so 25 million a year. But he had 10 catches for 155 yards. Very, very respectable. A great game. Mm. DK Metcalf, he signed three years, 72 million. Um, a year so that's sorry 72 million overall so that's 24 million a year 1 million year per year less than AJ he had 7 catches for 36 yards mm. now I, I want you to bear in mind that AJ Brown's quarterback is Jalen Hurts he's not a he's not renowned to be a passer Debo Samuel he signed a 3 year 71 million contract um, that's 23 0.85 million per year and he had two catches for 14 yards scary yeah. terry signed a three-year 69.6 million 23 million per year and had two catches 58 yards so there's aj brown he's had a fantastic young career in tennessee with ryan Tannehill. he's had a fantastic debut with the eagles by far the best out of all of these young new wide receivers who just signed um, contracts this off season. So why didn't Tennessee retain him? I know there, there. I think there was an injury or a, a concern, a health concern with his knee. I think, but the Eagles were confident that it wouldn't be an issue, and it doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem to be this early stage. Now we could have egg in our face from week three on as Eagles fans, and obviously as a franchise. the The killer for me is not the fact that we let that the Titans let go of. AJ and look from a from a business standpoint you can see them moving off Julio he just wasn't great in that first season 
he didn't have a good year and he was yeah but it was just I get Julio the f- I do the concern for me is that they didn't get now I know he can take a while to warm up but they didn't get a great performance from Derrick Henry like if you don't have that wide receiver that poses dangers to the to the opposition like that little bit above league average wide receiver like do you kind of make the game plan fairly simple for the defence like Ryan Tannehill is an okay a good quarterback he is a win you a game with Tom Brady Patriot style esque pieces he is not so for him to excel at quarterback he needs strong wide receivers which is okay if you're going to run a a nearly 30 years old Derrick Henry into the ground who's not who's kind of picked up one or two kind of soft tissue injuries in the last few seasons I think this side could be structured now for a, a season ending for the franchise and for a player injury and it just it, it just seems bizarre because they've done so much good under Mike Vrabel they now seem to be kind of taking a backward step and that's my concerns yeah I like, I like Mike Vrabel I thought I thought in the the battle of Vrabel versus Dable that uh, Mike Vrabel would come out on top there um, but the pa- after Harold Dandry tore his ACL two years ago the Titans had no pass rush and I think they're hitting back there when they're going to be when they're playing catch up or from behind they're going to find it very difficult to retake those leads as a running team with no pass rush mm. yeah. it's things went wrong for Tennessee and even if they went right going forward I just don't see them being able to keep up with with other teams exactly and and then look not to we've said, mentioned this before out of the NFC East um, rivals we kind of probably speak highest of the Giants they obviously look better under Day Bowl they kind of they were competent um, yeah more competent than they've looked in recent seasons but look Saquon went off Saquon had She's one of his best. I think he'd uh, run, I can't remember, I think he made 83 yards. And it was the longest run since Daniel Doan's... Uh, <laughs> yes. Fumble. Yeah, fumble turf monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they they kind of are a similar roster to what they were last year. So it's not as if they've taken this massive leap where they brought in all these free agents. They're still limited in terms of the ceiling of their roster. They just have now a competent coach. So the Titans really should have been expected to put them away. And, and there was a few coaching concerns with calls and stuff made by Vrabel and he usually kind of nails them um, kind of has a bit of a reputation for nailing them so that would be a slight concern for me as a, a Tennessee fan now what I would say is that division is garbage so they will be fine yes yeah they're um, they lost and they're still only half a game back out of first place no one won a game in that division at the weekend work that one out mm. And yet the NFC East still has this label of being garbage. They just need two. They need a season where you've got two good teams, and that's the thing. They need like a season where there's two good teams. Yeah. Will we get that this season? Yeah. I can squint my eyes and see. Maybe because the rest of the NFC divisions are quite poor this season. But look, even with yeah, and with the NFC's strength of schedule, or with the NFC East's strength of schedule. Mm, we might uh, we might get a, a surprisingly decent looking 
New York or Washington team now, by, the, mid, the only, by the mid-season. The only thing is, I think it's kind of cultural now at this stage. You just It's like one of those things you just accept as a norm. It's almost a stereotype. Are you playing the NFC? You must be garbage. Um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of gone that way. But look, why don't we move it on? I liked what you did leading into this point because you kind of set me up nicely now with the, with the flow, the plot we've built. The storyline's excellent. So my next query, and obviously it's a very biased one, but it's a good question for the two of us to discuss here. So AJ Brown, 10 out of 13 receptions, 155 yards. Devontae Smith, zero out of four receptions. Should Eagle fans be concerned about the lack of production in week one from Smith and a potential over-reliance on AJ Brown, considering Devontae Smith had a year's partnership with Jalen Hurts going into this game? Um, I was concerned about this uh, before the year started. Jalen Hurts isn't a prolific passer, and now he has to throw targets to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, all of who could be, you know, certainly Dallas Goddard maybe top five at his position, top ten certainly. AJ Brown could be a top ten wide receiver, and Devonta Smith could be a top fifteen. 20 perhaps um, different type of wide receiver though isn't he he's uh... yeah but even still he's you know Jalen Hurts he's not renowned as a passer but he still has to feed these guys um, so that was always a concern of mine I suppose my doubts were sort of massaged a little bit there during training camp Devonta Smith had a groin injury he was out for a couple of weeks Jalen Hurts was feeding AJ Brown Every throw was going his way. It, the concerns were there. You know what's gonna what's it gonna look like when Devonta Smith comes back? He does come back, and they pick up where they left off last year. I'm not particularly worried about it at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind I of think, kind of the same. There was a a story leaked, obviously not leaked, but kind of put out by a, a rather famous Philly insider who had said that the first person that Jalen Hurts went to following the full-time whistle was Devonta Smith. And he said, look, next week's going to be your one. It's just how the game panned out. Which, look, maybe we're biased, but whatever you'd say about Jalen Hurts' ability, in terms of maturity and in terms of like football IQ and stuff, he, he is up there. Um, and you only hear good things about his charisma and his leadership he's a locker room guy um yeah so look potentially look and look it's week one we're, we're all reacting we know that but if it was a trend that continued i think i would be concerned for a simple fact that it would represent maybe even though it didn't look like it last season another busted draft pick on a wide receiver position yeah i think if you gave Devonta Smith uh, a good quarterback, I, I I like Jalen Hurts. I think he is a good quarterback, but maybe a pass centric quarterback. He could have a career like T. Y. Hilton. I think he is he's that kind of a, a, a receiver. Um, I just I struggle to see that in or Philly doing have or having enough pass attempts and completions to actually give these guys the careers they could have. Yeah, look, we'll keep an eye on that one as the season progresses. But, moving on. We'll move on 
Uh, Sasquatch, what are the Saints? I'm re- for three quarters, they were a bottom-dwelling-looking team playing to another bottom-dwelling-looking team. Actually, scratch that. At- Atlanta looked good for yeah. three quarters. They looked good. But, of course, that fo- was followed by a very strong fourth quarter by Jameis and the Saints. Now, I think the Saints would have lost if they were playing any other team in that position. Atlanta have an absolute penchant for losing big leads in the fourth quarter. This um, 26-10 lead isn't even in the top 10 biggest leads blown by the Falcons. Yeah. Look, I suppose, for me, there's a couple of things here. Um, First things first. We talked at nauseum about how this is a rebuild year for Atlanta, so in the wide scheme of things, it was actually a great performance. And if you if you if you give Atlanta fans that result, a full time score going into it, they actually probably would have taken it. To be fair, I know it's a loss, but they probably still would have taken it. Like okay, it was parity. Um, for the Saints, they looked really poor. I did chat about this also with nauseum that the Saints, outside of Sean Payton just have never been a fantastic side so that's a huge thing for me and then the final thing and I was just in discussion with a with a friend a former colleague a man I once called brother no I'm joking we're involved in a keeper league and he said he made he texted me and said I've made the fatal error this season in keeping Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas then went off and scored two touchdowns in the full quarter to bring him back in. So, while it is disappointing, while I don't think the Saints are up to much this season, they still have this talent scattered elsewhere. Like Kamara didn't do much for them. No. But they still have the talent on the pitch that can win you a game. And my, like Michael Thomas and Kamara, both of those are game winners in that kind of lower echelons of the NFL. They can win you a game on it on any given Sunday. So that's kind of where we're at with this. Yeah, it's just, it was a weird one. The Saints had, um, on again on paper, possibly one of the best defences in the league with Cam Jordan, Marshawn Latimer, um, Paulson Adebo, uh, Tyron, Tyron Matthew, um, Marcus May. Like, it's it's loaded, but they still gave up 26 points to the Falcons. Now, I know division games are weird, but, um, yeah, just, is that because Dennis Allen isn't full-time defensive coordinator now, and he's moved over to head coach, and there's that domino effect? We could see a bit of underperforming, similar to Washington's defense last season, where they underperformed, and that was due to injury, but we could see something along those lines for New Orleans' defense. Mm. yeah possibly possibly um, yeah I just I think and I keep bringing it up but I think as Irish fans and kind of as technically we're all kind of new age fans we're not used to the Saints outside of Sean Payton are akin to the Patriots outside of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in, they weren't great organisations before there's no guarantee that now that those people have left the building, obviously Champagne and not Bill Belichick still knocking about, that they won't regress to what they were prior. Does that make sense? 
And I think don't be yeah, surprised the yeah, Saints no, I think so. for the next decade are a bit of a joke franchise. As you were saying, nobody took into account Sean Payton's departure in the off season. Mm. Or certainly Saints fans didn't. They they just spoke about their team as if it was business as usual. Success um, unfortunately breeds expectation and expectation is, is offered often tempered in unreality. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I suppose moving on. Moving on. Um, the trend between this point and the last point is probably sides that aren't going to do well this season. Um, but I suppose Indy didn't lose. Um, I don't know how that factors into your curse that you touched on last season. I think it continues the curse. Yeah, didn't win. Didn't win. We go, didn't win. Didn't win. Didn't lose. Kiss their sister. Um, I suppose Frank's, Frank Reich probably started the season on arguably the hottest of seats in the league. Now I don't think Indy up there maybe would sack anyone mid-season. I just think they are kind of a bit of a more classier organization. But what to finish this season? Carson Wentz would. Carson Wentz would. would uh, oh, I mean, like back office ways, they're a bit classy. Um, ah no, I I would agree with you. I like the Colts, but yeah, move. <laughs> Continue. I remember what I did in Baltimore. I remember what I did in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> This was Frank's, Frank Frank obviously started the season on the hottest of seats. What to finish this season that would extend his tenure in India? I'm kind of looking for where's the cutoff point where you say, no, enough is enough. It hasn't worked. Thanks, Frank. Frank, good luck. And what's the point where, okay, look, we'll keep you on another season? Like, I don't even know if, for me, I don't even know if a wild card loss in the playoffs is enough. I think he did. He join the Colts after Philly's Super Bowl year, so twenty eighteen was his first season with the Colts. Is that mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, he's not really done anything special. Now I know he's had a lot of um, quarterback musical chairs since, but and he's been solid. But it's like he's in that sort of. He'll guarantee that upper level of mediocrity. You you'll flirt with the playoffs every year. At least, like ultimately, the only quarterback that got him to the playoffs was a a severely over the hill Philip Rivers with eighteen kids in tow in his final yeah. season, and he and and ultimately they lost to a very young Bill side, um, if if memory serves. If memory, I serves. think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so that's the closest he's had to success in Indian. And look, I. I we, we'd obviously be very close with Frank not very close <laughs> yeah me and Frank go for points in the weekend no I, we'd obviously be very opinionated on Frank and we obviously want to see him do well because that offence that season we won the Super Bowl even prior like obviously prior to Carson Wentz's injury it was unplayable um, but he couldn't make it work with Carson he said a yeah. number of different things if Matt Ryan doesn't work at what point is it look no we've given you you have arguably the best running back in the league definitely the number one drafted fantasy one and there was instances I, I, I think I actually texted you and I was like when Jonathan Taylor got over for a score I was like what do you know you give the best running back in the competition an opportunity to run in the red zone and you score and it's like yep. stop overcomplicating the process yeah but is there an asterisk beside every season with Reich was his first season Jacoby Brissett I think it's first hardly a this is first Sorry. season not Philip Rivers Philip Rivers then Jacoby I think so yeah okay Philip 
then Jacoby, then um, Carson. 18, 19. We're missing out. He didn't have luck, did he? No, he couldn't have had luck. Maybe. But I just think... like This is where we need a research team. If if yeah. you're out there and you want to be part of the research team... All the for, research I did mm. for all these other topics. and <laughs> But he's never had a, a quarterback wide receiver pair. Like, he's had good... Um, running backs in Naheem Hines and now Jonathan Taylor I suppose he had T.Y. Hilton for a couple of years when he was good Philip Rivers when he was there obviously did get them to the playoffs but he was so statuesque in terms of mobility uh, Jacoby Brissett he's got a big arm on him but he's quite limited in, in what he can do I don't know I think I think Frank Wright probably is certainly on a hot seat but I think he's he was never given the full cast of weapons that he had in Philly and which is fair enough most coaches don't but I, I think the expectations um, of an offensive a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator head coach was higher Frank Reich's first season Andrew Luck was quarterback there we go. Okay. Um, I think so. We had a season in the playoffs that year. Um, I think they beat the Titans, didn't they, in the first round? They beat the Texans and then fell to the Kansas City Chiefs. Texans. Okay. Now an interesting okay. stat: that man, he's ballsy. In game three, they started one and five. In game three, that man pulled Andrew Luck and started Jacoby Brissett. Oh. That's ballsy. Game three of your uh, your first head coaching job. He had previously that been is. an assistant coach in Indy and had been sacked. Yeah, look. What does he need to do this year? Yeah, I think he needs to win. to get a playoff win. He needs to win. Yeah, I think he needs. I think he needs to win. I think arguably, if if. If it depends on how he bounces out of the playoffs. If he's if he wins one against a soft opponent and loses the next, I think. Look, that division, it it's his for the taking. Like we saw Tennessee, I thought Tennessee were going to be a bit more competent, but they look very flat. It looks like it'll take some time for Doug Peterson and um, Trevor Lawrence to gel and get that whole system meshing together. And the Texans, I think they'll be similar to last year's Lions, kind of a bit feisty and in some games, and they'll keep some games close that you don't expect them to, but they'll still win three or four games maybe. The Colts should win this, so that's not enough to keep for Frank Wright to keep his job, I don't think. I think he no. does need at least a win in the playoffs. Fair. And our final, final talking point, our fifth and goal which we've rambled on to for ages now to be fair which is good chat uh, yeah. the final talk point yeah is how many bad weeks do the Cardinals have to suffer before they succumb to internal discord over whether Kyler is the dude now he handled his contract situation really weirdly in the off season very very early unlisted or any mentions of the Cardinals on his social media <sighs> basically held out very 
early on I think um, he, until he got a contract. I think he comes across as quite childish. Um, well, that would be backed up by the homework clause he had in his contract since redacted, very early since on. Redacted. Yeah. Since redacted. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. Anyway, he's... Do you know, just offhand, in the rankings of highest paid quarterbacks where he is? Two. You might know because it was kind of floated around when he signed his contract. Second? Huh? It, well, it was second, of course, until Russell Wilson just signed mm. his just Hard. before the season. So he's the third highest paid quarterback. And he's done, in my opinion, nothing to warrant, warrant that. He, lo- he can look fantastic. He's done more than the fellow who's... <laughs> Who's second? Yeah. Wait, Kyler Murray has done more than Russell Wilson. Who's who's second? This year, maybe. Russell Wilson's number two now. Who's number one? Still Deshaun. No, that's uh, A Rod. Deshaun didn't didn't creep that. Is my list? You Philip, I'll filibuster while. Uh, no, it's all it's okay. We move on. We move on. I, I kind of thought when Deshaun signed, it was like you've made him the highest paid quarterback in the in the league. I think his contract was he just had the highest it was fully guaranteed oh, okay, maybe that, that was maybe the record was, set the word was, yeah okay fair enough um, fair enough but look if you look to answer your question yeah I would say he's always like he's always balled out in kind of the first five or six weeks if he doesn't do that this season then that question starts to rear its head I do think he'd be given a bit of leeway because uh, D-Hop is out but I think at the the opposite and like this year is is a free year he can do what he wants he's just signed this contract yeah it's probably unexitable there's probably no exit strategies for the Cardinals for a couple of years I think the the pressure will probably come on Cliff Kingsbury first which is funnily funny enough he got a contract extension they've the same agent and he got a contract extension I think I agree with you I think it's much easier to just um, except the only thing I would say is the, the, con- is the contract is rarely worth what it's written on so I always remember that yeah Um, I'm going to just list two stat lines okay and I want you to tell me which one Kyler is and I'll let you guess the other one Um. so 22 out of 34 attempts for 64% completion percentage that's 190 yards and two touchdowns and 29 yards running what you're comparing that to is 23 out of 28 82% for 195 yards so a very similar yardage total and then six attempts for 14 yards running uh, any of those rush attempts result in a touchdown neither of them did okay. <coughs> Um. I don't think I'm sure. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That that was kind of that would have kind of given away who my guess was. I don't know. Even like Trey Lance. The first one the first one was Kyler Murray, so that's a sixty odd percent completion percentage for 190 yards. The second was Geno Smith. That's an eighty percent completion percentage for 195 yards. In my defense, busy day at work, we're recording on a Monday night. I haven't seen the highlights from last. Or Tuesday night, sorry, I haven't seen last night's highlights. So that's fair so, enough. The point is that was really unfair. You do that again this season. <laughs> I sprung that on you. I'm just trying to highlight that Kyler Murray Trash. is the third pe- highest paid quarterback 
and Geno Smith arguably had a better week than him. Fair. Fair, I acknowledge that. And I appreciate you bringing that point to the um, team. Really yeah. appreciate that. But without much further ado, yeah, we've no mounted on. We've People are sick of listening to us, so let's just get through to some, some football for the weekend ahead. Yeah. yeah. Kicking things off, week two. Um, obviously, blockbuster game Thursday night. Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, Thursday. It's on Prime Video, probably on Sky Sports as well for the Irish viewer, English viewer. And then you can probably get on some dodgy streaming service, which we don't fully condone or support. We don't condone that. We don't. Uh, Chiefs are 3.5 point favourites. Obviously, home field advantage matters a lot there. Going to be an epic game. I actually, I had this open on my screen and the point spread on my book, Bet365, has gone up to four point spread. So I don't know what that movement they they round They round up, obviously. They don't do half numbers. They do, they do. <laughs> joking, joking, joking. Yeah, look, that's uh, I definitely look stick that on record if you can because you might have work on Friday. Um moving on. Yeah, the second game I suppose we have is Miami at Baltimore. It's a three and a half point game spread favouring Baltimore. Uh, uh, that's a tough one to call, I think. I think Miami's the opinion of Miami is floated a little bit. They had one long pass to Jalen Waddle, and the other one was a, a strip sack um, touchdown. I think they probably looked a bit better than they actually are. Yeah. I think I'd still give it to Baltimore. Yeah, here. I think Baltimore, they, they, they got the job done against the Jets. I don't think the Jets played a sport known to man. Um, so. But I think they've more gears in them. It's kind of the the synopsis I got. It's 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 very hard to when you're watching maybe Reds on a Sunday and a side disappears off. And the match isn't really shown for the final two quarters to like oh, I'm gonna really go back and watch the highlights. I did, but from what I seen, it just didn't. It just it, Baltimore kind of never got out of second gear. So I expect more from them to come. Mm. Um, moving on. And uh, the perennial classic fixture from my youth. Uh, New York Jets at Cleveland Browns. Browns are 4.5 favourites, which says a lot about the Jets. Um, now that may have changed given uh, the Browns' victory over Carolina at the weekend. But the less said over this game, the better. Um, I think the Browns might go 2-0 two, two to start the season. I'm happy with that 4.5 um, point spread, especially when Zach Wilson is out. Yeah, if you like the 4.5 spread for the Jets, go on over to... We're not sponsored, but go on over to Bet365. They have the point spread at 6, plus 6. So you're getting that extra point and a half. Wow. Okay, fair enough. I sometimes... Are you you, uh, conferring with our good friend Patrick for those... I actually don't. My source is uh, a well-known news agent in uh, the US of R where I get my points okay that's fine I just found that Patrick was often a bit slow to adjust their point spread okay. so money to be made guys it could be anywhere mere money to be made mere money to be made absolutely you know stuff. that's that's what we're reporting there yeah right so moving on then to the Washington Commanders versus the Detroit Lions the Detroit Lions are two and a half point favourites um, obviously Washington won 
last week behind a, a good defensive line and a solid game by Carson Wentz. But the, the Lions put up 31 points on what should have been a good Eagles defense. And I think it will be good. I think there's always a bit of adjustment there. But the Lions have shown they're capable of it. Um, I don't know why Lions are 2.5 point favorites after losing. I it's think it's, a, that probably is reflected by their their high. It's a, the points they put on the board. Hard knock fever, I think. Um, hard knock bias. It does every season, wherever side is on hard yeah. knocks. It does bias them. If it's a terrible season, if they look a mess. They tend to be knocked down a few points, and if they're if they look, if, if people fall in love with them, and people definitely have with Dan Campbell, they can knock them up a few extra points. And you'll find a lot of these point spreads, they'll adjust based on the amount of money being bet. So yeah. a lot of people will bet Detroit at minus two and a half. So then it'll go up to minus three. So the books yeah. won't lose money. If Yeah. Uh, I I think I'd take Washington plus 2.5 there. Fair. Fair. That'd be enough with that. Um, moving on. Cole set the Jags. So not a good start for obviously the Doug Pearson Harrison in Jacksonville. But the first home game. In what has been somewhat of a, a bogey side for the Colts in recent seasons, they, they open up at 4.5 favourites. So, if you want to beat the spread, historically, this might be a good matchup. Um, it might be a good opportunity to beat the spread, considering the Colts should have beat the Texans. And maybe they're not the side we thought they were. Yeah. But yeah, Colts are still favourites. I agree. I'm take I'd take the Jags plus um I've got a four. I think you'd you say four point five. Four point five. Yeah, I'd I'd take those four point five <coughs> points. And run with them. That's fair. Yep. Moving on. Okay, moving on to Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Yeah, um New Orleans kinda owns Tom Brady's tenure in Tampa and beyond that. Um, yeah, four and zero, aren't they? I'm saying it's four and zero against Brady in the regular season. In yeah. in Tampa, obviously. And Tampa are three point favorites. I don't think trends like that are rarely reflected in these point spreads. Um, obviously, if it was based off those trends, New Orleans would be a, a heavy favorite. But it's based on the teams they have this season. That's a tough one to call. I think. Mm. I think I. I think I'd probably I'm back in Tampa in this one. I'm I'm not. I think I take Tampa. Yeah, I just think it's the Falcons. Um, don't get a hype on the Saints. Come back and win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose next up, um, two sides that we don't really know what they are yet. Um, Carolina at New York Giants. The Giants open two point five favorites. Obviously, courtesy of home field advantage. It's gonna be interesting. Um, like it. Uh, did what we see from Saquon in week one is that an anomaly or is that just who he's going to be this season Baker wasn't over fantastic and obviously look it's another chance to, to reheat the 2018 NFL draft debate as to who should have drafted Saquon and who should have drafted Baker but uh, yeah I'm, I'm I've got, I gotta go I gotta, yeah, it's one of those. I gotta go Giants because they're at home but I'm not shocked if the Panthers run this back. I, I'd avoid this game in your accumulator. Um, easiest way to put it. Yeah. What point spread do you have on your I've source? Giants 2.5 point favorites. 
Oh yeah, I have the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd stay away from this one. Yeah, I. It'd be a coin flip. I'm not gonna attach my name to either of those selections. Not until we know more of what these sides are, I suppose. Okay, New England Pats at Steelers. Um. The where are we? The Steelers. The Pats are a 1.5 favorite here for me. That's probably so I have as well. And that must be on the back of the defensive player of the year, Tej Watt. Um, probably going to miss that. Now, New England didn't really do anything to inspire confidence in their offense. No, neither did the Steelers, but probably a little bit more so. Key question here for oh, me is. Do you back? Patriots could be without Mac Jones here. The Steelers could. Mac Jones yeah. hurt his back. Oh, oh, that's right. And then, and the Steelers could obviously be without Najee Harris as well as T.G. Watt. Like, who do you back in that situation? I probably back if if all three of those players are out. Well, we know T.J. is out. Sorry, but if Mac Jones and Najee Harris are out, I probably back Pittsburgh. And that's where I'd probably be going. And they're at home. It's no longer call it, but they're in that Heinz Field, and it's always going to be Heinz Field. I'll probably back the Steelers in this one. I just wouldn't put money on a point spread. I'd just probably flat out back aside and back Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, with the Steelers at a one point five, if you just bet the money line, you're you're over even odds. Um, I do the same. I don't know who the backup quarterback is for the Pats. Is it Bailey Zappi who they drafted? They probably have a, a veteran backup on the roster. Yeah. Um, I would take I would take the Steelers again it's just a 1.5 I I would take just the spread just in case mm. you, you know the odds are, are fairly close I'd just take that point and a half fair um, opening up obviously next next fixture I would say this article I have to hand is a point of reference the point spreads are probably a bit outdated but it's Seattle at San Francisco this article makes San Francisco 8.5 point favourites. I would say there's no way they're 8.5 favourites after the results in the weekend. The kind of performances as much as the results. I'm going to back San Francisco at home in Candlestick Park or whatever it's called now, Santa Clara. Um, just because they're at home and that defence is, is, is good, you, you'd assume weather issues are not a factor. I think as well... Do you think... Um Jimmy G will make an appearance I think if Trey sucks for quarters one and two you have to put Jimmy G in and if you don't then we start to have to ask serious questions here like what is going on and how bad are the pictures that Trey Lance has at the front office how compromising are those pictures if, if, if he's a dud two quarters one and two and you don't bring in Jimmy G he's not amazing Jimmy yeah. G and, and it, it probably seems as if I think he's fantastic and know he's very limited but in your system he has excelled he's gone above his ceiling so moving on well I've got a 10 points I've got 10 points in Bet365 not sponsored but go to Bet365 yeah that's easy money um, for the value that's easy money I would take plus 10 points in a divisional game if you wanted to be extra safe you can tease that up to um, I expect that to drop soon so I'll try to get this out a little bit early and if you hear it lump on Mm. fair enough next game next game that's right uh, the Falcons at 
the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are ten and a half point favorites. Now that ten points is such a steep. Like you'll see, the difference between a really good team playing a really bad team will often fall around seven. There has to be big disparity to get the double figures, uh, double digit figures. Um, and this is probably warranted. Atlanta looked good for three quarters, but same old Atlanta crumbling in the three in the in the fourth. Um. It was a divisional game, and anything can happen in divisional games. So that's what I'm going to attribute those three quarters. The Rams, I think they'll probably have a bounce back after looking fairly flat in their season opener. Yeah. Um, even still, ten and a half points is a lot. Yeah. I think I'd be tempted to take the Falcons... They looked decent with Mariota and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Cordaro Patterson. I I probably stay away. Yeah, probably stay away too. I just there might be a backlash. There might be a backlash away. from from LA. Um, home again as well. Uh, it's a key 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 component too. Um, next up, Cincy open up for me anyway. I might what I have is seven point favorites over the a Dakless Cowboys. I have seven point five. Yeah. Yeah, Cooper Rush. I suppose is potentially going to be the quarterback is, is what's named here um, I think since he wins I don't know if they cover that 7 point spread they look in, in, in moments they look fantastic but on the whole they did look quite clunky against the Steelers and obviously look Joe is coming off kind of a career record for, for interceptions now I think that's more a, a tribute to the Steelers defense, but there is some ball hawks in that got, uh, Cowboys defense. Now, they, that means they could also get, because of how they play, that means they're beating over the top, but there is some ball hawks. And there is some good defensive players in that Cowboys side. I'd, I'd say since he would have win here, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't cover the seven point spread. I'd take the seven point spread. Yeah, I mean, you're... I've got 7.5 here. I don't know if I take 7.5. Okay. Obviously, you're leaving yourself that half a point under if, if it's a, a touchdown separate. It's all about the half inch. Um, I think without without Dak, yeah, you, you got to back Cincy. You got to back Cincy. You got to back Cincy, and they've obviously Micah Parsons looked really good. Probably one of the few bright spots on the Dallas team in their game versus Tampa. Look, the Bengals improved their offensive line, not to the the point where um, they'll be able to mitigate Micah. But I don't know. I've, I've got the the Bengals in this one. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, moving on. Yeah. Then we've got the Texans at Denver. Mm. Um, a lot of big point spreads this week. Um, probably reflects the crazy AFC mm-hmm. offseason. Denver are 10-point favorites. I think... I think I'd just take um, the Texans plus 10 here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I see Broncos covering that spread. So I tend to agree. Um, that's nice, short, sharp, sweet. I suppose. Uh, we'll leave yeah, it there. We'll yeah, leave it there. It. No need to overcomplicate. Um, I suppose next up, a really interesting game because I like I. So Cardinals at the the Raiders. Uh, Raiders are three point five favorites. The Cardinals obviously somewhat struggled against the Chiefs. The Raiders. They didn't give it a, an amazing performance, but Devontae Adams was something special. Something special. 
on Sunday night. Um, so look, both teams obviously trying to avoid an 0-2 start, which would be would be crazy for either of those two. Well, not crazy, but it's 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 dangerous for either of those two sides to start 0-2. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, I'll probably back um, probably back the Raiders to get Josh McDonald's first victory as the Las Vegas head coach, but. I think they're better than that spread. I think they're better than a three point five spread. I think they could even win this by five to six. Um, I've got a six point spread on bet three six five. Okay, so go to bet three six five if you like the Cardinals to get that. And if you six. hear this early, um, yeah, yeah, moving on. Go to Sam Source if you like um, the Raiders. Yeah, moving on. Chicago at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay ten point favorites. Nine point five. I tend to think that there's probably a bigger gap between the two teams and 10 points. I'd say there's a bit of the uh, the lack of production from Green Bay baked into that spread, maybe. It's still very big. That and no one, um, no one predicted the Bears beating the Raiders. Rain- with or without Trey Lance. Exactly. So, so it, could, it might have been 12 points, but then Chicago winning and then Green Bay doing as badly as they did. Uh, will lower that down to 10 points um, little, little stuff for you so Matt LaFleur is 6-0 over Chicago the average margin of victory is 12.5 points per game so well, there you form go. says and Chicago didn't get any better this offseason in fact it so, got worse yeah so why, why book that trend now I take Green Bay minus those points fair enough Um then obviously this week's a little bit strange. We've got two Monday night football games. So the first one is, in, well, they're both doozies. I'm not going to lie. Um, if you can call in sick to work on Tuesday, do it if you haven't done it in the last few weeks. Uh, no, we're joking. We're just Take your career ser- uh, seriously. <laughs> um, but obviously Tennessee Titans at Buffalo Bills. Bills are 9.5 favourites. I know Tennessee were... Bit shell shocked on 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 in week one, but it's week one, and I think that spread is dangerous. Dangerous. I'm not saying Titans will yeah. win, but I think that's disrespectful to that side to be nine point five. Um, point favorite or uh, underdogs. That's a big gap. So yeah, like that's that's top tier team versus bottom dweller team. That's Chiefs Jets. I think point spreads. Like that's what we're talking. Yeah. About. So. Yeah. No. I. What are you gonna take? Back the Bills. Don't back. Don't back the spread. Okay. You're gonna the the Bills money line. Uh, no, I ain't, I ain't backing the spread. I ain't backing the point spread. I'm just backing the Bills. Oh, okay. So I'm saying three points. Stuff like that. You can back. You can back the Titans point spread if you want. But. Uh, like they could still beat the brakes off them. They look fairly explosive, but yeah, I'm not touching it either way. Uh, and finally, the final game: Minnesota Vikes um, at Philly. Philly two point favorites. I don't like that. I think uh, I take Minnesota plus those two points. I think they're going to win here. Yeah, I had I had them winning um, this game. I think yeah, and Jamar or Justin Jefferson <laughs> gave us no reason to, or gave me no reason to doubt that prediction anyway. No, like obviously they were the two best wide receivers in the NFC last uh, last weekend, and, and Jefferson with one hundred and eighty four, 
155 yards. I think Justin Jefferson always loves to rub it in their face that we drafted Jalen Rager ahead of him. Um, Jalen Rager revenge game. Yeah, even though I don't think he's in a roster anymore. But, uh, eh, <laughs> no. but you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to back Philly here. I think we're going to win. No. I, I, I know it's two points. But I still don't know if we cover the spread, but I, I'm backing us here for a win. Okay. I w- I'd actually um, I'd ignore the spread. I'd take the Vikings on the money line and get those six over five odds. Fair. Um, um, and I'm a big... I'm a big like Philly homer. I just think big odds man too. Um, which kind of brings us yeah. to our our next and final segment, punter on the field. Why don't you give a brief overview for the at home fan? Yeah, just a, a quick segment to wrap us all up. I'm going to um, kind of outline two bets. One of them is going to be a, a safer bet with shorter odds, and the other bet will be generally taking point spreads um, and with three selections in each the second bet will quad your money so the first safe as houses aka um, I have the Minnesota Vikings when I researched or when I put this bet together they were 1.5 plus 1.5 I've teased that up to 7.5 so that means you go to your book you look for an alternate point spread and you you select that alternate point spread what by by teasing it up to 7.5 you just cover that significant figure of seven which is a touchdown lead um the second selection so that's minnesota vikings teased up to plus seven and a half the second selection is the same the chargers are are were plus 3.5 i've again teased that up to 7.5 and then the detroit lions minus two and a half I've teased that up to Detroit Lions plus three and a half. Fair. So those three selections will return will have an odds of about two point eight to one. So I'm gonna put ten euro down on this. That should return twenty eight point six nine. Oh, sorry, that's that's one point eight plus your return or your stake back. So what I'll do each week is uh if I win the previous week. I'll bet that is a stake. So hopefully we'll see that grow and grow as uh, we churn out the episodes, as we churn out the slot. What's the ultimate profit going to go towards? Uh, exponential. exponential. But I mean, is then it's going to go to take out a mortgage on a house. Go to a good cause. Or are we blowing um, it on? I think we have to donate it to a good cause now that you've yeah, mentioned that. Thinking that. Thinking that. Thinking that. Yeah. We'll um, we'll decide on what the good cause is. <laughs> and get back it to might you. be invested in the second. production quality <laughs> the wages of the research team that's that's the good yeah so the second bet the quad your money bet so this again is three selections um, generally taking the point spread as is I've teased them down two of the selections down um, half a point just so if for example the books were minus three I just teased that down to minus two and a half it just it eliminates the chance of a push, and it just being discounted, um, with for slightly better odds. So Tampa Bay Bucks were minus three, teased them down to minus two and a half. The Bengals minus seven, teased them down to minus six and a half. 
and the Green Bay Packers, they're minus 10. I teased them down to minus 6.5. So that's you're kind of covering the margin of a field goal there. But that gets your quad money odds back. If you bet 10, you'll return 45.96. It's actually just short of 4 to 1 odds. But um, it's only week 1. If we do well here, if these come in, we're going to see the, the, the our fund... Our uh, funding here, our, our seed money grow and grow and grow, and by the end of the year, we'll be a we'll have a studio. Yeah, we'll we'll be on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Well, there you go. Just two two bets. The two bets I'm gonna be making, and obviously we'll we'll track these, or I'll give you an update next. Perfect. Week. And I suppose one thing I didn't mention, um, which I always, I always forget, but. We are fortunate enough to have an affiliate sponsor in usasports.co.uk. I've put the link in the podcast description. Make sure to check the guys out. If you just click the link and follow that, you'll. If you're a fan of USA sports whatsoever, you might not even be an NFL fan, but you might be an NBA fan, a hockey fan, a major league baseball fan. They have a plethora of apparel to stock yourself out for this autumn period because it is getting a bit colder. You know, maybe you want that. Maybe you need a hoodie. Maybe you need a, a beanie. Um, I found it chilly today yeah I, I tell you that, that autumn chill is coming so click the link in the podcast description and peruse the wide variety of sporting apparel from stateside um, but without much further ado that's it from me tonight we've waffled on maybe far too long probably far too long. but who knows um, let us know what you think um, make sure to like comment subscribe wherever you find this and uh, that's all from me and that's all from me. Bye. Thank you and good night. some people in the end zone right joe that's exactly right i mean get there's nobody there. inside the 10 get back guys. here it is the season's on the line two receivers left and right mccown takes the snap he steps up he's all by himself fires into the end zone caught touchdown no no the cardinals have knocked the vikings out of the play